Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. How are you all doing today? Hope you're well. So, we move on. We move on. We've had so many episodes out already. The support's been amazing. And we've got some great guests in the diary coming up. So, once more, thank you so much for your, your support. Every little Facebook, Insta, Twitter, like, share, retweet, it, it all helps. You know, it all keeps us nice and high on the charts and and it's it's great and, and I can't thank you enough. Anyway, today's guest. He's an old friend of mine. He grew up close to me. Um and then after years of well, photography and all, all manner of interesting things which I'm sure we're gonna talk about in this upcoming episode he stumbles onto MasterChef and with his unique, should we say, hipster look, big twirly moustache, um, become an overnight sensation, really. The, the press picked up on it and and Tony stormed to the final of MasterChef. And he's very charismatic, he's smart, he's funny, he's entertaining, and I'm sure you're going to love him like I do. So today's guest is Mr. Tony Rod, and he's chosen some fantastic records, which you can listen to on the Spotify playlist. I'll put that in all the social media posts as well. So just one click, you can have a listen to the songs that Tony chooses. And some quick thanks to uh, my name is Ed, who does the artwork for the podcast. Big love to my brother Brad, who does all the video content. 76, my producer extraordinaire, Scroobius Pip and the rest of the team over on the Distraction Pieces Network. That's it. Oh, and you lot. Thanks, guys. Enjoy episode. Whatever number this is now. I've lost count now. Uh, but enjoy it. My chat. Tony Rod, off the beaten track podcast. I'll see you at the end. 76, drop that intro. <laughs> It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we're recording. We are in the Whiffin. It's, yet again, every time I'm introducing these podcasts, I'm saying it's a nice sunny day. But it is a nice sunny day. Yet again, we've had a stunning summer and it's showing no sign of easing. And what could make my summer's night any better? Let me tell you, a glass of red wine. I've got one of them, and I have just toasted to good health um, with my old mate and today's guest, Mr. Tony Rod. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, I appreciate you venturing out of London town. Anytime. To, to see you, Stu, anytime. To come back to Essex, and, and Essex obviously being uh, a place that we're going to discuss as this podcast unfolds, and... You've sent over your songs in advance, and um, knowing you, Tone, I did kind of expect you to be too cool for school, and you didn't. These are all really honest choices, and I look forward to knowing the stories behind them. So let's just... I'm a bit baffled. I thought I was really cool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, well, they're not cool songs, no? They are, they are, but, okay, like, okay. but they're not 
obscure. They're, they're songs that people are going to know, which is absolutely, which is which is great. <laughs> and uh, you've been living in London for a long time, so I don't know. And you, you've got the king of hipster moustaches, so I don't know how hipster your music taste is now. Um, the thing is, I think. Uh, Everyone always used to say to me, I'm the hipster chef. And so one thing I'm absolutely not is hipster. Mm. Um, The moustache is uh, by no means ironic. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, I quite like moustaches. And uh, a lot of the stuff that I wear and and do is retro to the sense of like 1920s to 1950s. It's a good look. um, Which I think is a great look. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I definitely wouldn't class myself as a hipster. And as far as my music knowledge goes, Mm -hmm. it's pretty atrocious, mate. Okay, um, and started very late in life, so. Uh, well, we'll we'll find out, and we'll yeah. go back before it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll go right back to where it started. At, at you know, as a young lad. So, I always like to start the podcast with with um, what I think is a fitting track to suggest. Um, it's the song with the greatest intro. Yes. So I um, I found this one really difficult because I don't think of myself as a music buff. Okay. Um, and when I think about tracks that I like, I think about tracks that I like, not yeah. intros that I like. That's cool. And uh, I was thinking about a few of my favourite artists and, and those that I really like the build-up to. And I was tossing uh, between two. I think one of them might even be your favourite Who track, 515. I don't know whether I put that right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Certainly one of yours. Um, and I really love the intro to that. And I you know, thought, you know what, I'm going to stick it on my Spotify. What's the intro to 515? Um, it's... Why should I yeah, care? Why should that. I? Care? That one. Oh, that's yeah. a great it's shirt. It's good, but it's really short. Mm. Um, it's really short, and I thought I'm going to put that on your playlist yeah, on Spotify. Do it, I mean, I love that track. It's one of yeah. my favourites, and I'll talk about the Who a little bit later as well. I'm sure. But another uh, artist that I particularly liked was Ocean Colour Scene. Mm-hmm. And there's two banging tracks for good intros, but mine was 100 Mile High City. Mm-hmm. Um, the guitar intro that builds and builds and builds and then comes into that kind of bass riff, mm-hmm. um, I just think it's absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the track backs it up. Yeah. Um, and I just think, yeah, for me, best intro. And that's, that's a solid choice, Tone. And I'm, I'm not the biggest Ocean Colour Scene fan. Um, but Steve Craddock's guitaring is 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 different league. Like, it, it really is, and and I've been lucky to have seen Ocean Colour Scene in some interesting places. Okay, name um, one. Uh, I went to a wedding where they were the wedding band. That's impressive. Yeah, That's in a castle cool. in Scotland. So that was yeah. that was quite good. Um, hearing Steve and, and Simon <laughs> playing. Um, Day we caught the train and, yeah. and, and and this and yeah that was uh, that was pretty good and he's 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 DJed a few times for me as well Steve he's um he's, he come to come down to Rayleigh yep. and he, he done the toothbrush and he's a lovely fella really, yeah really, really really nice guy I've heard really great things about him um, I met someone the other day funnily enough we were talking about my choices for this and I met someone the other day and said you know I think I'm gonna with Ocean Colour Scene. Um, I wanted it to be a gut instinct, but this was probably the one I had to think about the most. Just quickly, would it Snatch or Lockstock this was used on? Oh, you know what? I have no idea. I'm sure it was used in a Guy Ritchie film. Tweet in and let us know. Yeah, somebody. Um, but yeah, no, I was chatting to someone about it and, and she said, Ocean Colour Scene, they're not very good, are they? I said, they're bloody brilliant. And, I said, and she was like, I don't know whether I know them. So I played a few tracks and she said, oh, I think I know this. Yeah. How can how can you have gone through life? How old was she? Oh, mid forties. So no excuse to not know. So she'd who never seen have seen Tear Fire Friday. Yeah, there you go. Down, you know what down, I mean? Down, down, yeah. down, down, down. Surely, I could. I mean, that is a riff that everybody yeah. should should so know. Was, or maybe we're just old. Time. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, I was baffled by this whole thing. That um, yeah, she wasn't really too. Uh, aware of who they were or what their music was but we played a few tracks and she agreed with me that uh, I was correct in saying that it was a good intro mm-hmm. um, and then she basically told me that everything by ACDC was a better intro and to be fair they've got great intros but not my bag no nor mine and and already you've just mentioned obviously Ocean Colour Scene and The Who so I'm, I'm sure as we talk about you growing up there's going to be some mod discussions yes um, absolutely so well, look, let's let's move forward on to uh, a little bit because we'll we'll try and get to that point where we can sort of open up and discuss 
modism, etc. Um, so track two, I ask you to tell me what the first song was, Tony. You remember hearing that 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 had an emotional impact on you, and, and you, that hasn't necessarily got to be something from when you was seven years old. It could have been a week ago, you know, something that has either crushed you or something that has just made you feel so elated or an emotional response that that was strong enough that you you remember it yeah absolutely and I think um I think all of us can think back to the albums that uh we listened to when we had our first love and then split sure. up with our first love what was yours um Bizarrely, one of them was the Foo Fighters album, uh, their first album maybe. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Buckley, who I can't even listen to now, yeah. and I despise. I'm sorry, Jeff, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he is, Jim. Yeah. I'm sure he's, yeah. he absolutely From the grave. is. Yeah. Um, didn't even know he was dead. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm in that case, pretty sure he's not listening. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think we can all think back to those. But for me, they're albums, they're not tracks. And also yeah. it's it's the lost love that, you know. Sure. And to be honest with you, I can remember the ringtone from a girlfriend that kept on calling me when I split with her. And I now, if I hear that ringtone, I get shivers up my spine. Um, but the track that I've chosen is Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Oh, look. look this is Chris Chris's isn't here. Job, isn't so Chris isn't here up. and Stu's phone is going off. Oh, do you know off. what? I'll tell you why, right? I left my phone on because I was <laughs> doing some... I was hosing the... It's getting I was, all emotional and everything. I was it? actually yeah. watering the flowers in the garden. Um, and I thought, I, I won't turn my phone off in case you ring. And uh, and you didn't. And, uh, and so, yeah, I've turned it off there now. Sorry, what, sorry. What a professional. So, yeah, so Nina Simone, her version of um, Here Comes the Sun. Mm. And... I remember it would have been mid-90s, so uh, I'd have been late teens. Um, and it was in a film with Bridget Fonda called The Assassin. I remember that. Do you remember the film? Yeah, what a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman, yeah, stunner. Uh, and her assassin name was Nina, after Nina Simone. And I remember her sitting in a room with a record player and she put a record on and she played Nina Simone. And up until that point... I don't think I'd really had much awareness of who Nina Simone was um, or of her music. However, um, having listened to that track and just fallen in love with the melody of it, um, just how beautifully sung it was, um, I thought, I'm going to go and find out you know, who this woman is and what else she sings. And then I realised that her back catalogue is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's so extensive. And if you've seen any advert on TV... You've almost certainly um, heard some Nina Simone tracks. Of course. Um, if you've watched any film that was, I don't know, made in the 80s through to, you know, to now, you've almost certainly heard some of her tracks and you may not have known it. Yeah. And I just fell in love with that uh, bluesy voice that she's got. So emotionally, that, that, that made you feel what? I guess for me it was just that... Um, there's a real sadness in her voice. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it touches you. Um, and I don't remember specifically the context within the film, mm-hmm. but I just remember thinking, you know what, this is some serious music. Because mm. up until that point, for me, if I wanted angst, it was Green Day. Yeah. And um, that's a different kind of angst. That, that's a band that has literally popped up on pretty much every episode so far. Yeah, and in fact... So uh, I think I texted you the other day and said that um, uh, Dave and I shared um, the same art folder experience in that when I was um, sixth form, I studied art and I painted the Dookie album cover on one side and the Jim Eriquois <laughs> album cover on the other side. Um, but yeah, I think as a teenager, you grow up and you, you buy a Green Day, Green Day album and you, you know, that's Teenage Angst, yeah, go on, I'm angry. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I realised that, no, no, hang on a minute. If you're angry or if you're sad yeah. or if you're feeling emotional or if you're in love, Nina Simone, she can encapsulate all she of those things. She can sing things. the blues. Yeah, she can sing the blues. And I remember um, as I got a bit older and I did a bit more research into um, Nina Simone's music and wanting to go and see her live, I was amazed that she was still alive, still mm. performing. Um, because I'd assumed with a voice like that that she was long gone. She sure. was, you know, from the grave. And she's got an amazing story. She came from a um, a black family in uh, America at a time that was very difficult for uh, black people. Her 
dad wanted her to be a, a classical musician and um, she wanted to be a jazz singer. And when her dad went to work, her mum said to her, go on, Nina, play the piano, play some of that blues music. And, uh, and she, she was did. an incredible classically trained pianist as yes. well, wasn't she? Stunning pianist. I mean, the, the woman is just so talented. And um, she's got an amazing story, and there are some great documentaries out there that I recommend to anybody. Is there a film a couple of years ago as well? Almost certainly, almost yeah. certainly. But for me, when I want to just relax and just, you know, chill out, mm. I'll listen to some Nina. And what we should say as well is um, we are talking about a cover of the Beatles, mm-hmm. uh, Here Comes the Sun. Yeah, right. George um, Harrison's original. Yeah. Um, and what? And I hate that version. And uh, <laughs> do you know what? It's really weird, right? Because. At my age, I think in the probably around '87, um, there was an advert or something um, forced a, a re-release of "My Baby Just Cares for Me," yep. which it went then went to number one, and that was my introduction to Nina Simone, probably when I was maybe 14, 15, yep. and didn't really delve back in, and uh, and it was only sort of years later when my sort of love for Nick Cave sort of grew and, and there was people saying, you should listen to Nina Simone. And, and it was literally a couple of holidays ago. I just literally downloaded a load of it. And this track was one of the first ones that I just thought, well, I'll listen to that because it's like anything. Obviously if you see something that you, you're familiar with already, it's your go to. So I went straight to that and it's, it's a beautiful version of it. It it really is. And and, and her, her vocals on it are, Oh, just just so warm and, and but fractured and it just it it tells a million stories of yeah, it really does it's it's it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely phenomenal and uh, and some of the live performances at like Montreal and things like that you can watch on YouTube of her it's just unbelievable I've, I've I've been told that she could be quite an handful and yep. and uh, I, yeah I'm sure there's True some diva. absolutely but fucking hell every right to be you know absolutely you know what a what a legacy she's left um so you're quite young at this point so when when you was where was you born time i was born in gothenburg in sweden oh okay um, bizarrely uh, my dad was working for volvo as a car designer at the time um wasn't there for long i don't remember being in sweden at all um and then we came back to the uk but how old were you when you come back to? UK? I would have been maybe one or two. I was I was not old enough to remember. Right. Um, but I don't remember music playing a part in my childhood. Um, my mum and dad split up when I was very young, and for me, music came on when mum had a dinner party. Okay. And then it was Kenny G, George Benson, um, Burt Baccarat. Right. And, you know... Kind of lounge jazz type. Yeah, exactly that. And um, I've got nothing against George Benson. No. Um, From what I I believe, George Benson is um, featuring on the new Gorilla single. Is that right? There you go. Yeah, Kenny G less so. Um, But mum's music was always what I would class as kind of lounge jazz, dinner jazz, kind of safe music. But good. It was, you know, it was nothing offensive about it. It was good music. Yeah. and of course, all my friends, their parents were listening to the Rolling Stones yeah. and you know rock and roll or um, blues or something that, in in my opinion, now when I listen back to it, I think, ah, oh, it's great. You know, you got brought up with some great music. Um, and I didn't really li- we didn't listen to music in the house. You know, it was either I came home from school and I did my homework and then went to bed, or the telly was on. Well, music wasn't a thing from. My did you childhood. have a stereo? Uh, I my sister's seven years older than me. So I think I always inherited her old stereo. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're of an era where we used to record the radio on mm-hmm. a tape cassette. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the stuff that I had was either recorded or nicked off my sister or borrowed off my sister. Um, and I think my sister played a huge influence in my music taste okay. um, growing up. And it was only when I probably reached late teens and started to go to festivals. And I remember going to... Uh, Glastonbury one year with a good friend of mine, B. Uh, funnily enough, whose husband is an amazing artist called Liam Brazier and has got um, one of my favourite pieces of artwork on my wall, which is uh, his um, portrait of Nina Simone. Oh, right. Uh, it sits next to his portrait of Prince and his portrait of uh, Billie Holiday. Oh, it's in good company then. Yeah, and you know, I love his artwork and he does loads of beautiful pieces for us. Um, and Sarah, 
or B as we call her. She's um, been one of my best mates for a long, long time. And I remember going to Glastonbury and her saying, who are you looking forward to seeing? I said, I don't know. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't really either follow modern music or having at the time worked at the Pink Toothbrush, um, I wouldn't have a clue who any of the bands were because the DJ put them on whilst I was pulling a pint. Mm. Um, and I never had that opportunity to say to Russell, Darren or yourself, who's this band? Yeah. So I knew who they were by sound, but I couldn't tell you their name. Yeah. Um, so she said, right, follow me. I'm going to introduce you to some great bands. And she basically was able to lead me around the festival and this is a good band you'll like. This is a band that you might okay. like. And that's when I started to realise that all my friends had had this great musical upbringing that I felt that I'd kind of missed out on to a certain extent. Um, but what that was great for is that now, whenever I go anywhere, I go there with an open mind. Um, and if someone says to me, I've got a band that I think you might like. Yeah. Okay, cool. Who are they? They're a band called Go Go Bordello. Yeah. They sound bonkers. They are bonkers. Yeah. They're a Balkan band with a really crazy front man. Cool, let's go. Let's check it out. And then I have an amazing night watching them. Yeah. And then the next night it's, hey, I want you to go and see this uh, band called Snarky Puppy. Who the hell is Snarky Puppy? They're a 14-piece uh, experimental jazz band. Cool, why not? Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant night. And that's what I love is just having friends that have got such eclectic taste and just Absolutely. being able to follow them. You know, this. It's, it's so easy to become territorial about music and, and start kind of going, well, you know, I like, I'm an indie kid, so I don't really, you know, listen to that sort of thing. There's good music and bad music. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I didn't, I wasn't brought up in a house where there was loads of, you know, what I guess you would call credible music on. You know, my mum my was a Cliff Richard fan and, and, uh, but, there was always, you know, there was there was bad music like Brotherhood of Man albums and Elaine Page and and just kind of safe middle of the road music that was floating about on vinyl. But there was also a couple of Motown compilations, yeah. and I just gravitated towards those yeah. because, and and as, you know, and I I I think that you know, as you said, it's it's made you completely open minded to music. The fact that you know you it wasn't thrust upon you as a, as a kid, and I you know purposely not thrust music upon my children because they listen to the stuff their mum listens to yep. and that's generally quite commercial, dancey kind of pop stuff and you know do I really want to sit down and go right look this is this is pictures of you by The Cure you need to listen to this, you need to like this is Pet Sands, you know it's like they'll find it Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know. And it's so accessible nowadays as well. You know, there are so many websites that have the 100 most influential albums yeah. and I've got them all on my phone because yeah. they are huge and yeah. I didn't know them back when yeah. I should have done. Um, so going back to listen to them and, and like I say, I've found it fascinating going back and, and I say studying the music, but going back and trying to find the music yeah. for myself and then discovering what I do and don't like. And um, I think you always find yourself gravitating back to certain things. And, and Nina Simone has been that one constant. Um, and working at the Pink Toothbrush um, with you, as long as I did... For those that are listening that wonders did. why we keep saying the word Pink Toothbrush, it's, it's a, um, a, a sort of alternative music nightclub, uh, if you're new to this podcast, because it will crop up quite a bit. I promise you, if you've not got sponsorship by the club by now... Uh, <laughs> But obviously, you know, we finished work on a Friday night and it was heavy metal night and a Saturday night and it was Indian rock night uh, back then. I don't know if it still is. Um, and for me, I was sick of that music by the end yeah. of the night. So I got in the car and I'd put on classic FM or jazz FM for the yeah. drive home. And God, I loved it. Yeah. Um, do I listen to classical music at home? No, I don't. Not at yeah. all. And I don't know anything about it. But when you finished a heavy metal night on a Friday at the brush, that was... You ain't going to get in your car and put yeah. the Deftones on, are you? No. Um, although the Blue Tones featured quite a lot through yeah. that era, and I loved that band. Second album, hmm. uh, first album is phenomenal. He's, he's, he's absolutely cracking, and hopefully we'll have Mark Morris on this podcast at some point. He's a Mate. he's a he's a smashing fella. He came and did uh, hardcore listing. He's he done that podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I remember listening to that. Oh, right, well, look, we. We've kind of fast forwarded to to Glastonbury, so I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna bring it back again okay. now because um, I like to know about school and uh, yeah and so where so you, you'd moved back from 
Come back from Sweden. Yeah. And so you're now, but at second, let's, let's talk about secondary school. Where are you? So uh, I think you need to go back to primary school. I think this is a primary school one. Oh, really? Yeah, believe oh, it or okay. not. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so I spent a lot of my childhood living in Rayleigh. Um, and which is a very small town tiny in small town yeah, yeah. sort of near if, if anyone doesn't know Rayleigh but they know Essex relatively we're talking near Southend yeah um, and believe it or not I was a little bit clever when I was younger um, so I was able to go to a couple of good schools but that meant that the schools were about an hour away so I went to one school that was in uh, Westcliff uh, one school that was in um, Brentwood and a school that was in Chelmsford um so each time I was on buses and trains travelling. And I think it was primary school that I know looking at me you'd think I am a sportsman, um, but I'm really not. And uh, I hate sports going to school. And when I was in primary school, for me, when it came to break time and everyone was playing football, I just wanted to sit down and relax and chat to my mates. And I remember we used to sit under a tree near the fence um, at the uh, the playing fields and there was a house behind that fence and the guy played one track um, pretty much on loop every lunchtime and it was uh, the kinks all day and all of the night Brilliant. What song? phenomenal track um, and I just remember it vividly uh, because that is what we listened to and it was you know we didn't even necessarily listen to it but that was a soundtrack to our school lunchtimes and if you're being brought up with, you know, a relaxed diet of lounge jazz, <laughs> like that must have sounded like a fucking bullet from a gun because the abrasion in them guitars that, that you know, for me, I would probably say that, that you really got me in um, all day and all the night are probably some of the first heavy metal records yeah. made. You know what I mean? These big, hefty fuck-off riffs that sound distorted and... And I tell you what, all down all the night, that could even have made the greatest intro as well. What an intro yeah, that is phenomenal as well. intro. And I think that was my introduction to um, what I would class as mod music. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I didn't know what it was, but I loved that track. And I probably left that school um, 11 years old, not really thinking any more about that track or what that track had meant to me and we roll on maybe five years I'm in secondary school I'm starting to try and work out who I am and uh, I'd started to kind of form a fondness towards uh, modism is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, brilliant uh, I bought my first Vespa uh, my first Parker which had a big uh, target painted on the back of it and lots of badges on the front so when you was had, had got to secondary school, yep. you know, how, you know, did, did you feel, obviously having to travel for what, nearly an hour yeah, each day? Yeah, sometimes to get to longer each long day, way, yeah. You know, for people that don't know the area, that is quite a, yeah, quite a like, journey, And right? when you're, you're 11, and in fact, sometimes when I was eight years old, I was doing the same journey. The world's so, yeah, a much a bigger way. place, isn't it? Absolutely. That's, that's, that's quite, um, yeah. so did you, did you enjoy school then? Um, I did to a point. I think up until probably the age of, um, of 14, 15, I did because I was, a, I was a geek, so to speak. I was good at school. Um, and I think because I was in a good school where the kids were focused on studying and getting good grades, um, it wasn't uncool to be a geek. You know. So you didn't feel like any so disconnection with like your, your, your... No, not at all. You know, Essentially, everybody was there to do well and to work yeah. hard. And, and, and that was great. Um, of course, as you know, teenage hormones come in, yeah. um, everything changes. And I think I got to uh, secondary school and obviously then started to feel like, hang on a minute, is this for me? And maybe did I rebel? Um, and that's when I wanted to branch out and be my own person. And this, by this point, I'm going to school in Chelmsford. Um, our local pub was the Rat and Parrot which uh, we used to go and drink in when we were, uh, could get away with getting served. Um, we used to go to the Wimpy because they let us smoke uh, and sit and drink coffee in the Wimpy. And um, on a night out, we'd go to Duke's Nightclub, which may or may not still be there. I very much doubt it. Oh, it's gone. But um, was, excuse my language, fucking awful. Yes. Um, but at the time, that's what we did. 
but of course, but at that age, you, that's what you do, isn't it? You yeah, go to your absolutely. local tan club and, and you get you drunk know, and, and you act like an idiot. Yeah, um, but of course, as I started hitting those teenage years where I started to try and figure out who I was and, and form my own opinions and personality. I realised that I didn't necessarily fit in with the other kids in school. There were a couple of mates that I certainly had, but the majority of them, you know, that wasn't who I wanted to be. And that's when I started to veer towards uh, modism and, you know, like I say, I wanted to be that person. Um, so, yeah, I rode to school on a scooter every day. I wore a, a parka. Um, my trousers got skinnier and skinnier and, um, yeah, camel shoes. And Did you, was there other mods? Uh, not at my school, no, not at all. That's a brave move. Um, yeah, possibly. I don't think I thought about it at the time. I think it was, um, at the time for me, it was just um, being myself. So was it this kind of quadrophenia on repeat? Um... Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's when I found The Who. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think up until that point, I hadn't really explored music too much. Yeah. Um, I'd listened to certain bands, obviously, but... Yeah, I hadn't really explored it too much, but I I don't know when whether I found Quadrophenia before I found Modism or the other way round. Mm -hmm. But Quadrophenia was yeah, it was a, a film that I watched endlessly, as well as the album. Mm. Um, and yeah, fell in love with the Who. Um, Five Fifteen, like I say, my yeah. favourite of their tracks. There's there's, there's some incredible oh, music on that, that soundtrack. That whole album is stunning. And and I just. <sighs> God, I'm gonna sound like an old man here, but um, I do, I do wish that I'm sure there's enough films for 15 year old boys now coming out that, that that tick boxes. But I just think, for me and probably lads that were 10 years, you know, before me and 10 years after me, Quadrophenia was such an important film, and it, it just ticked every box that you know as a, as a as a 15-year-old lad, it was just incredible, you know, sonically, visually, you know, the whole thing about, you know, the, the youth culture, it was meeting the girls, you know, what a girl can do to you and oh, just wanting to feel part of something. Absolutely. It just, yeah, it, it, Townsend knew, you know, he, he had something good on his hands there. He really did. It was an incredible film. I think in an age as well where we download films and um, and stream films nowadays, like many people, I've got rid of all of my old DVDs and VHS, and I yeah. don't need them anymore. Um, but there are two that I kept. Um, one of them is Quadrophenia, and the other one's Easy Rider. Yeah. And as a mod, um, that's an interesting choice. But those two films, for me, they work side yeah. by side. Um, but Quadrophenia, I just... You know, it, that summed up my my youth because, yes, I, I wasn't around in the 60s. But, like you say, the experience of being part of a, a, a pack, mm. finding who you are, meeting girls, listening to music, going partying, you know, that was what it was all about. Mm. And, um, and now, you know, 20 years on, I'm trying to do the maths in my head and hoping it's yeah maybe maybe a bit more than that. Yeah, yeah. you've been yeah. kind to yourself. Yeah, I've been mate. very kind. Thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. It's not a haircut I chose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, moving on as much as we have, um, am I still a mod? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Um, do I still believe that there's a part of me that looks at life in a modest way? Mm -hmm. Uh, different spelling I'm sure yeah absolutely you know modism is all about um, moving forwards with the time thinking uh, for the future not necessarily being in the past mm. and uh, my best mate Terry he's a mod um, and when you meet him you'll understand why but yeah. it's all fluoro yeah. and you know it's beautiful collars and amazing sharp dress and great taste in music yeah. and you know, and it's just that modernist way yeah. of thinking, um, and I think you know that made me very much who I who I am now. Um, was listening to the Who and listening to the Kinks, and, yeah. and whether that goes all the way back to being well, let's let's a young lad. Who knows? Well, let's go back a little bit then to to the first record that you remember going out and buying. Yeah, well, probably not even going back. Looking at your song choice, you're probably not going back. This is you was quite. <laughs> It's fairly you, recent. You, yeah, you, you wasn't... Well, blimey, yeah. You I must was, have been, what, 20? 
Maybe, no, maybe. not. No, I would have been... Uh, 16. I reckon yeah, I was about 20 Late then. teens, late teens. Yeah. So, um, so as I said, I didn't grow up with music. I didn't grow up buying music or listening to music because it wasn't necessarily something we had. Um, my sister was seven years my senior. Um, so when I eventually inherited her uh, tape deck, I recorded things off the radio um, or I nicked them, borrowed them off of her. Yeah. Um, and... My sister is the reason I found a love for Prince, mm-hmm. uh, who doesn't feature at all in this podcast. I couldn't believe it when you sent it over and there was no Prince. When you said to me, it's seven tracks, I went, they're all Prince. And yeah. then I got the questions and I thought, none of them are Prince. Yeah. You should have gone for... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Seven by print seven times. I could have done, you know yeah. what? But I'm not sure it would have fitted any of your questions. <laughs> it would have been me making a weird segue. But hey, um, and I, you know, I, th- I think we spoke about it on um, on the other podcast. Uh, it's one of my favourite tracks, uh, Seven and um, and and Starfish and Coffee. Yeah. I just those two tracks for me of Prince. I just love, absolutely love. But yeah, Prince didn't make it onto this because. I didn't buy a Prince album yeah. or a Prince single because my sister had them all and I borrowed them or stole them off her. But you found another little short-ass groovy fella. An absolute gem. And an Essex boy at that, Jamiroquai. Um, I fell in love with Jamiroquai because he is a funky motherfucker. Is that is this acceptable to say? Yeah. Um, and his first album came out in 93. Emergency on Planet Earth? Yep. Um, and immediately I just fell in love with it. I just thought, you know, this is a proper album with real funky tracks. And we still had MTV and VH1 back then. And, you know, that's what we watched. And when we watched music videos and the guy could dance, he had cool hats. He could sing. He could sing. Um, so yeah, so for me, I think going back, it would have been, uh, Jamiroquai, Too Young to Die. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm no Jamiroquai fan, um, <laughs> but I love that track. Um, it's, I had to refer to my phone to check out which track I actually gave you because yeah. I, I actually had to go back and yeah. try and find the original uh, vinyl that I had. Um, he, was, he was so big, wasn't he? Like, massive. Yeah, no, no, not actually, he's, he's a short-ass, but um, he... Um, wait, wait, it, Jamiroquai was one of them acts in the mid-90s that kind of crossed right over. Mm. Like The Prodigy, you know, um, and, and Underworld and, and, and things like that. And it was one of them things that you'd play in the indie clubs, you know. You'd play in the commercial clubs. Like, you know, it was... Too Young to Die is a cracking tune, yeah. you know. Um, um, Pip and Chris always try and tell me that I'm wrong about Jamiroquai. Um but uh, yeah, that, that that first album there's some there's some crackers on there. I think it's great, and I think he's one of these artists that also reinvents himself and yeah. um, has continued to grow and, and change. And I think he's phenomenal to this day. Um, 
I think that track itself is is brilliant. I think there are better tracks on that album, but that was the first one I remember buying, and just remember thinking, yeah, I've bought myself a first record, and yeah. it's really good. And my first live music concert, Jamiroquai. Wow, at some weird place in Braintree, like a small, um, I don't know, community centre in Braintree. Right. And he had a moving walkway so he could do his sliding around on the dance floor, kind of dancing. Um, And I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. So I would have been in my late teens probably then. Okay. Can you remember when you bought it? Uh, Yeah, Fives in Rayleigh. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Fives in Rayleigh, which was... I don't know, is it still going? Uh, Fives in Rayleigh is shut, but (sighs) Fives in Leon C. There you go. You're still still trading. So yeah, Yeah. Fives was was a really good place to go and buy vinyl, and and they were really knowledgeable in there. This was vinyl, yeah. Fantastic. And they were really knowledgeable in there as well. You know, you could go in there and ask them for advice, and, and that's... Even back then, that's what I would do because I didn't know anything about music. So I'd say to him, I want to buy some music and what do you recommend? And this is what I like and this is what I listen to. And if any, and this is, and I employ everybody to do this. Um, if you have a open mind to music, uh, what I often do, I work in a big kitchen with a lot of staff. And if you ask anyone to put on music, it generally pisses off someone. Mm. Uh, because they like reggae or rock and roll or heavy metal or jazz, and not everybody likes that. Uh, so often what I'll do is I'll go into Spotify and I'll press Jamiroquai Artist Radio and just let it make a choice. And every time I do that, no one's disappointed because it plays music that everybody <laughs> seems to go, I like this track, yeah. this is good, I like this artist. And uh, Spotify seems to have some kind of algorithm that just says if you choose Jamiroquai Artist Radio, you're going to get some good shit. Right. And you get everything from New Orleans funk to old school blues to crossroad blues to uh, modern dance music. But everyone always seems to just think, this is a good playlist. Yeah. And I always right. just claim that I put it together myself. Next time, next time I um I open up Spotify, I'm gonna I'm gonna test that. Do it. See you won't if, be disappointed. See if um, Jamiroquai can win me over. Um, all right. So track five, tone. Yep. Um. So you've you, you've left school. Yeah. Um. You've you flirted with with, with being a mod. Yeah. And uh, and then I guess like any other young lad um, or or young lady, you you want to go clubbing. Yeah. And so, before we, we, we choose the song that soundtracked, if you had to pick one, your years mm-hmm. of clubbing, where, where did sort of clubbing start? And, and So, clubbing for me, like I say, when I was at uh, school, it would have been places like Dukes or yeah. the generic Tots and likes in Southend, which were uh, commercial dance yeah. music. Um, you, you commercial tan club. Yeah. And I, you know, when I was at school, I don't think I went there for the music. I went there because of the girls of and the alcohol. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of things, right? you go because your mates go. And because your mates go, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Then uh, I guess late teens started to form my own opinions of the music I liked. I started to go to more of the alternative clubs. So obviously the Pink Toothbrush in Rayleigh, which we mentioned before. Um, and I don't remember any of the names of the clubs in I, South I, I remember the first time I ever saw you... Um, you was wearing <laughs> some sort of furry boot and I think just a pair of like some sort of sequin <laughs> shorts and it was at Club Art um, on a Tuesday evening in Southend for their alternative yeah. night. Wow. You might have had some kind of baton in your hand or something, but you was doing some, you were showing off. Oh, almost uh, certainly. Uh, um, uh, 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 on some kind of podium in there. Um and you you must have been quite young before you started working at the club. I was underage. Yeah. 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 I think I realised very quickly that I was an extrovert. Yeah. And that um, at an alternative club, I could get away with that. So... You've got less chance of getting punched in the face at an alternative club than you have in a commercial town club. That is true. And yeah, I have had my standards. nose broken... My lips split more times in an alternative club than I have in a normal <laughs> club wearing hot pants. Yeah, bizarrely. But um, yeah, it's true. And I think I, you know, I realised this really quickly that um, I could be myself. And it wasn't even just necessarily being an extrovert. Was, I could be myself. Yeah. Um, so I used to go to those clubs and yeah, club art uh, dressed up or pink toothbrush sprayed in silver spray paint, um, you know, somewhere dressed in drag. 
I just enjoyed going to these places and just being able to let my hair down. Why do you think that was? Did you look like attention? Uh, almost certainly, yeah. And I think I still do to a certain extent. Um, I don't know. I think in just, you know, everyday life, it's a bit dull. It is. You know, we get up, we go to work, we come sure. home, we, we pay the bills, um, we go to bed. Um, so when you can do that, when you can go and just be someone else for a, a couple of hours or let your hair down, and it's the same as anybody that dances. If you dance, you know what I'm talking about because you know that when you dance, you have a great time. If you're one of these people that stands on the edge of the dance floor nursing a pint of beer, you come away from the beer, uh, from the, the pub or the club at the end of the night and you think, what a crap night that was. Yeah. You know, just enjoy yourself, let yourself go. Um, and I realised that I could do that at alternative clubs and I could have a good time. Um, so there was a long period of time where I used to do alternative clubs, but I also was a podium dancer at Bagley's in yeah. King's Cross. So my club years were very much uh, separated amongst the alternative rock, punk, indie, grunge, ska clubs yeah. and the dance clubs of like London yeah. where I was on stage wearing hot pants and yeah. furry boots and dancing like a lunatic. But if I have to think back to a track that... You know, I absolutely loved, and I considered Apache by the Incredible Bongo Band because I made oh, you play it every week. What a, what a oh, banger! Absolute incredible banger. Record. I also considered making you do something by Lenny Kravitz because I knew you'd hate it. Mm. Um, but I ended up going for a track that <laughs> I don't know you hate it. Anything by Lenny Kravitz. Honestly, anybody that's coming on after me, ask him; he'll hate it. Um, I don't like this band at all. And I know that's going to be controversial. It's quite controversial. But I'm not a fan of this band. Okay. But every time I came in the brush and this track was playing, I would love it. It's Sympathy for the Devil yeah. by the Rolling Stones. It's, it's a cracker. It's a great tune. Um, and I think it's a tune that crosses the different genres of music as well. Uh, and to... And to Put it into context of, uh, you know, at the time when I was DJing at the, at the club, you was a, a, a barman. Yeah. Um, but I think because perhaps you wasn't getting enough attention behind the bar, you would wear outrageous <laughs> outfits. Not yep. content with that, yep. you then decided to buy a bongo. Yeah, I did that. Uh, and um, <laughs> climb over the bar onto the dance floor and... <laughs> Play the bongos uh, whilst I will play songs. So the bongos would fit really well on Sympathy for the Devil, I would imagine. Because I'm sure there's uh, it starts with yeah, bongos, bongos, right? Yeah, at the beginning, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, you hated me back then and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Every DJ's worst nightmare. It's a geezer with fucking bongos. <laughs> they got me laid, so it's all right. Um, oh, yeah. brilliant. But yeah, it was... Uh, it was one of those tracks that it was good to dance to. It had a, a really good repetitive beat. And I think in a nightclub, you want repetitive beat, don't you? You just want that. Yeah. And this kind of had it, but not in the... It had it in a woo-woo. In a woo-woo. Yeah. yeah. Over and over again. It's got and a fantastic rhythm. Though. A great rhythm. And I am shit at remembering lyrics. Yeah. Like, so bad. Like, to the extent who my miss is, who is a singer-songwriter. Yeah. Um, and very talented. Uh, she'll listen to this. Um, recorded the voice of Haribo for our previous podcast That's right. we did together. <laughs> Interesting. Go back and listen to that if uh, you haven't heard it already on Hardcore Listing. Um, she's amazing at remembering lyrics. So whenever there's a song on, on the radio in the car or if we're at a gig, we went to see Noel Rogers last week and uh, Sheik and we're singing along all the way through and she looks at me and she goes, what did you just sing? And I say, what do you mean, what did I just sing? What are the lyrics you just... And they're always wrong. Yeah. But I don't really care. I, I, I love it when um, when I'm DJing and, and I look at it and I can see people that don't know the words, but they're just singing like their life depends on yeah. it. And I just think, do you know what? Who's having the most fun? It's me, every like, time. Uh, they're having the most fun because they're singing their lungs out. They're having such a good time. I don't give a fuck that they don't know yeah. what the words are. They're just... They're just dancing and singing, and I just think that's that's joy right there, right? 
Nirvana. Here we are now yeah. in containers. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm saying. My, my friend Steve Reed uh, used to sing, as for stupid limitations, here we all go <laughs> grab a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You find something that sticks in your head and then it's the eyes. And I love that. And, and this is the thing is I don't care. I just want to yeah. sing and enjoy myself. Um, I don't pretend to be a good singer. I don't pretend to know lyrics, but I yeah. just want to have a good time. Uh, I want to be free do what I want to do exactly um, and with Sympathy for the Devil I could just do yeah. train noises yeah. endlessly for six minutes yeah. and um, and jump up and down and have a good time and it's I a really good track to dance yeah, to it really is um, and that you know if ever I hear that it takes me back to walking through the doors in the pink toothbrush back when you could smoke inside I don't yeah. smoke now but you know I hear that track or I walk through the doors there I want a cigarette yeah. Um, and it just reminds me of the good old days when life was simple. It was. It was. Oh, just get some furry boots and a bongo. That's, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. And I'm glad that, the, that the, you know, the club holds their memories for you. That's good. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry. It won't take a sec. All I want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. All right, well, look, moving on to track six, Tone. Um, we're going to keep it um, in Essex. Right. Favourite song from an artist from your home county? Um, okay, so we've got a couple of good artists from our home county. Mm-hmm. Um, you. The Milk. The Milk? They were really close. Mm-hmm. They were really close at featuring. Uh, Jamiroquai I mentioned already. Not sure it's my favourite track. Uh, the Gorillas. In fact, we spoke about the Gorillas yep. only 20 minutes ago, and I was really close to choosing one of their tracks. But um, maybe left field, considering my other choices, it's The Prodigy and Voodoo People. Oh, good choice. Um, yeah, I mean, again, intro, phenomenal. Uh, rhythm. How Brilliant. Does it starts. It literally starts. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's not much electronic music that features in my life, but The Prodigy are one of them. Mm. Um, that track features on the film Hackers as well, with Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. which I think is an amazing film. Like, And it's I think it stood the test of time as well, um, considering that back then, hacking uh, into a computer was done. Was that film the story of... It wasn't the Nick Leeson story, was it? I have no idea. Right. Uh, the Nick Leeson story. This sounds like it's a documentary. No, he was the guy that that was the was he like the stockbroker that that literally lost millions. Oh, it may have well been loosely, and I mean, oh, do you know what it really, was? No, you and McGregor really played him. I'm wrong. Loosely. I'm wrong. Okay. I'm wrong. Totally yeah, wrong. I mean, this this was. Uh, uh, Johnny Lee Miller played a um, a young kid of like eight who managed to hack into a, a stock market and crash the stock market and then essentially goes to college, meets Angelina Jolie, falls madly in love and they hack mobile, uh, they hack uh, computers, supercomputers using uh, payphones and a tape recorder that has recorded the dial-up tone from a modem and the graphics show you hacking things but basically what I class as really bad artificial intelligence. Okay. Um, but despite that, the film's brilliant and it stands up. I think it's great now. Um, but it's got a phenomenal soundtrack uh, with people like Leftfield, The Prodigy, um, and, and various other artists. And the Voodoo People is one of those tracks where they're doing a big hack. You know, it's, yeah. it's the, the, the kind of penultimate scene. It's, it's really big, yeah. everything important's happening, and that's where they play. And it's just an amazing track. I think it's great. And it's a phenomenal dance track as well that... It's been sampled over and over again, and if you want to go and dance to something, uh, I, that's one. I think they probably just consistently deliver. Yeah. I just, I just think for, you know, even if you look at stuff like Charlie and Wind It Up and, yeah. and uh, oh, God, what was the other, um, Out of Space, like, oh God, yeah. you know, even if you look at them as being almost 
novelty-esque rave records. Fair. I think, you know, I, I, I think they're great records, but by the time that, you know, second album dropped, do you know what I mean? They, they stamped it that, like, we're for real, we're fucking around here, and, and they made music, you know, voodoo people, no good stuff, dance, poison. Yeah. I mean, God, what a beat. And then, you know, they've just, I think for a band from our home county, we should be super proud of them. Super proud of them yeah. because. And nice lads as well. And completely reshaped dance music yeah, yeah. And, and pioneered dance music. You look at Fat of the Land and, you know, you just, you know, they progressed. You know, they've, they've constantly gone away, reinvented themselves. And, yeah. you know, and yeah, props to them. And have you ever seen them live? I've seen them live a number of times, and every time I've not been disappointed. They, they do. Let's, let's ching a glass to the prodigy. To let's the prodigy, it. to the Essex boys. Well wow, done, lads. What a, what a cracking band. Yeah, what, as, as Chris and I have spoken, I've got this in many, many times about the, the prodigy live. Like, it's just, it's an experience. Yeah, yeah, it's it really an is. absolute experience, and it's, it's, oh, it's just loud and. Yeah. It's in your face. But that's what music should be. It should be out to do what it says on the tin. And if you've got blues music, you want it to be bluesy. If you've got jazz music, you want it to be slightly pretentious. Yeah. And if you've got something like The Prodigy, it needs to be in your face and loud. Yeah. Um, my mod mate, Terry, um, I have a bone of contention with him that whenever we have him over for dinner, uh, our music's controlled from our bedroom. I've got a computer in the bedroom that does the music for the house. You sexy bastard. I know, can't help it. That's why I do. It's how I roll. How I roll. Um, what he doesn't know is I can control Spotify. That's basically, that's where the computer is. Yeah. Um, but I can control it from my phone if I have to. Right. Terry always gets to a point, it's normally about four bottles of wine in, where he has to have control of music. I'm like that. I think we all are, but some of us are more polite than that. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you, about four bottles of wine in, Terry is in the bedroom on Spotify trying to find The Prodigy versus Enya, which doesn't exist on Spotify. It's on yeah. YouTube. Right. <laughs> so inevitably, what he'll do is he'll spend five minutes fucking around with the music with me in the dining room on my phone fixing it um, and then eventually realise that it's got to be on YouTube and it'll come back in and then stick it on the telly on YouTube and, and then we're happy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is it. Even to this day, they're reinventing themselves. They're um, working with other artists. They're just phenomenal. Yeah, I've, I've you know, I, I couldn't say enough good things about them. I, I, I really couldn't. And when I started this podcast and was going to be doing... How, is, how are these choices not cool? What's that? No, they are. They're, they're, but what? What I expected. Really upset. Like <laughs> that you was going to go avant-garde jazz. <laughs> like I, I thought it was going to be like right. I'm going to have to do some serious research here. And when I got the list, I just thought right. Well, brilliant. I, I know all of these songs, apart from our last track. Oh, really? Okay. And that and, and that should be the case yeah, because yeah. for the final track on your playlist, Tone, I always ask people to add a song to that playlist that many people might not know and it's your opportunity to to play on this track thanks mate you've listened to this track now i assume no oh you haven't no oh okay so um i mentioned right at the beginning that prince does not feature at all um in this podcast and you were surprised i was surprised prince has been uh the one artist that i've been madly in love with all my life uh -huh. um i've not found a track of his that i didn't enjoy and I think as a uh, artist that crosses genres, that is a multi-instrumentalist, that is um, a spokesperson for so many things, uh, he has been you know, constant through my life. And yet he didn't really tick any of the boxes for the questions you asked me. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to work out who I wanted you and your listeners to go out and seek out. And there were a few choices, but I remember um, my very good friend, uh, amazing, talented chef, Rob Parks. He came to my house one night and we were, we were cooking some dinner together. And uh, he went and put a track on. And I thought, hmm, I don't know this Prince track. And do you remember um, You Bet back in the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. Yeah. 
I always used to say that if I was on Ubet, it would be I could tell you the Prince track from the first three bars of music. Because I th I'm fairly confident I know his entire back catalogue inside and out. Probably don't know the lyrics properly. I'll you know misquote all of them, but I know all the tracks and yeah. I love them. I thought, I don't know this Prince track. What is it? I said, uh, mate, what's this? He went, it's Wolfpeck. I said, uh, Spelt V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K. Yeah. Wolfpeck, Wolfpeck. I don't know how it's pronounced. Wolfpeck. And uh, I thought, this is really good. Um, the track's back pocket. There are so many good tracks on that album specifically, but generally of theirs. Um, Who, what's the story? Do you know much about them? I don't know anything about them. Um, all I know is I play them a lot, and I like everything about them. Um, you done any research on them? Have you got anything you can tell me? I've got no research. That's on good. I love whatsoever. it. Whatsoever. We're well. We're well prepared here. I want to. I always like to go in blind on track seven. It's like. just phenomenal. I think the great thing about these guys is um, they've got quite an eclectic. What's it sound like? Uh, so this particular track is quite funky. It's quite Prince. It's quite you know um, Prince probably from the Sign of the Times era that Ooh. kind of era. You know I think it's it's cool. It's funky. There's a good like bass slap bass going on in there. Um, it's just a good rhythm to it. I love it. But what's great is when you look, listen to that whole album of theirs, um, they do all sorts of different stuff in there. There's kind of something for everybody. But um, it's fun. It's, it's kind of poppy. It's kind of funky. Um, and I just think it's a track that have a listen, see what you think, and people might be surprised by something that's a bit new out there. I will check that out um, a little bit later on this evening. Do it. And I, I obviously, highly recommend it. Um, Head over to Spotify and you can listen to that and the rest of the tracks that Tony has added to the playlist. You mentioned um, a moment ago that um, one of your chef friends comes over and, mm. and you cook together. Is that is that what chefs do they, when they hang out? Do they do they like cook together? <laughs> yeah, cook together, touch each other's penises, you know that kind of thing. No, we don't do that. So um, you you go to one of your friends' house. Who's um, say you go to another contestant from, yeah. from MasterChef. For anyone that. Um, doesn't know we should actually have mentioned this at the beginning Tony um, was a finalist in MasterChef a few yeah. years back and um, a cook and, and you, you, you cook nice food and you thanks you, mate you came here a while ago and you cooked a, a lovely meal for, for my family um, and you you won't go away. You seem to. You seem to. <laughs> oh, cheers. You Thanks, seem mate. to turn back up. Uh, uh, you, you pop up every year on MasterChef, and yeah, that's, do that. And that's that's credit to you, right? That's because you, I appreciate you, that. You know, you you obviously made an impact, and, and people liked you, and you know, and you 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 you've got obviously a very unique look, which yep. which which helps, which of course helps, helps. You know, I think um, taking nothing away from your cooking. There, no, Tony. I appreciate that. Uh, I think. And this, this certainly comes down to the music and, and the upbringing. For me, I'm very fortunate in that I've been uh, lucky to do a lot of different things in life. I, I became a chef very late in life, having done MasterChef three years ago. wasn't a chef beforehand. Um, but a lot of that came from me understanding that I was allowed to be who I wanted to be, that I could experiment and try different things. I could uh, dress different ways. I could listen to different kinds of music. I could go to different places. And alternative clubs for me were great for that because it, it allowed me to find myself. Um, the Pink Toothbrush, which I spent nearly eight years at, um, you know, definitely made me the man I am now. Uh, does that mean that I still go home and listen to grunge and punk and heavy metal absolutely not but what it does do is it makes me have a uh, better understanding and appreciation for people and being who they want to be yeah um it gives you a little bit more breathing space to be a little bit more creative in your absolutely opinions maybe in your dress and your yeah. you know your, your, your taste i think yeah, i think you're absolutely right you know if, if you are so shattered that you um unfortunately feel that you have to listen to the same music you have to dress the same way as everybody else um then it, it doesn't open up necessarily as many opportunities to you in the future because yeah. you'll blend into the crowd and whereas for me I was able to be myself and and I, I therefore was able to stand out in my own unique way um, and I'm not for everybody and I fully appreciate that but um, you yeah, know it's, it's open doors um, going into MasterChef in my mid-30s 
<laughs> it's depressing, isn't it? Um, I didn't do it to become a chef. I just did it for something fun to do because yeah. my life has always been about what can I do that's fun. You know, let, life is for living. I absolutely believe that. Um, and I entered the show and I made some amazing friends. Uh, do chefs then spend their lives afterwards cooking in each other's houses and listening to music and drinking wine? Probably not, because a lot of chefs work long, long hours and they have a hard life. But for me, cooking is about having fun and enjoying it. And um, with the other finalists of MasterChef, Emma and Simon, I've spent days around the houses with them and cooking food and experimenting and trying new things, and it's great fun. Uh, with Rob, we were actually working out in recipes for a restaurant that we were planning on opening ourselves together. And um, my, my partner, Becky, um, and I wanted to open a restaurant. We were going to make Rob our head chef. It may still happen, mm-hmm. um, depending on you know when this airs. It may have happened already. Yeah. Um, but what's great is is that Rob and I have a great way of working together and um, and just generally being in a kitchen together where we enjoy um, creating. And I think, you know, a lot of artists in whatever field that might be do that. So musicians, yeah. you know, they'll come together and they'll create yeah, a track together. Um, filmmakers and actors will do the same. They'll, they'll role play things. Yeah, exactly. And I think chefs do it as well. And I think some of the best uh, food that you'll find will be from chefs, not just sticking to what they're confident with and what's safe. Sure. It's them, you know, working with other people and experimenting and progressing and, and that's what Rob and I do. And, and I love those days where we can do that, uh, listen to music, drink wine or gin, and, mm-hmm. uh, and eat some tasty food at the end of the day. Fantastic. Yeah. So if people want to follow you and find out, you know, and, and, and know when you're next going to be on MasterChef, <laughs> they, they bring you back every year. They do. And, uh, Sorry as, about in, that. In, in a judge style now, which, yeah. is, which is great. I'm important now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so generally the best thing to do is find me on Twitter, which is at Tony Rod UK, Tony R-O-D-D UK, uh, or on Instagram, which I think is Tony underscore rod uh uk um and you'll find me there or just tony underscore rod r-o-double-d um or facebook probably the same you know you'll find me just look for the bloke with the dodgy tash exactly we will we will tag um we it's not we is it i will tag um oh, poor chris that, uh, <laughs> i will tag um that weird guy with a moustache in all the social media um promo that we do for this yes so go and follow him and um, and let him know what you thought of his song selections. And if you need a recap, head over to Spotify and have a little listen to Off The Beat and Track podcast with our special guest, Mr. Tony Rod. Tone, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Lovely to see you. We've drunk a bottle of red wine. We've done well. Should we finish that last bit? Good health, mate. Boom. There it is. Tony Rod. Told you you're going to like it. What an interesting chap, fun, warm, friendly, and chose some great records. So you can head over to Spotify and listen to the songs Tone picked if you want to have a little listen and uh, remind yourself of some classics and also find out about some stuff that you might not have heard of. And uh, we'll throw a few other extra bonus tracks over on the, uh, the, the Spotify playlist. And while you're over there, you can go right the way back through this um, series podcasts so you can go and listen to playlists from the likes of blimey scroobius pip snowboy dj destruction dan lasac many 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 more so thanks for listening if you haven't subscribed already please click subscribe because it makes everything so much easier and thanks once more for listening and i'll see you next time have a lovely time It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.